Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and this is Gail Davis coming to you from Listen Give. We apologize to our audiences here and at the UN. We had some really serious technical difficulties today with Block Talk Radio. They have changed their infrastructure and in the background, so we do apologize to you for that. We are responsible for being on in a timely manner. So we are really, really excited to be with you on today. We have two amazing guests, which is Corinne. Cashin with Brooklyn College, who is a student going for her master's, and she's going to be sharing what that is like, especially in today's times, and working behind the scenes with a play, working behind the scenes at the college, and so forth. Then we have Carrie Flamia, who works with Emmanuel Journal, but her job is to run literally his record label, everything. So many of you think it's so easy to do this, okay? And we want you to know what it's like to really have to run everything at a record label, what it is to run everything in the artist's life or or in representing uh, people who are of notable fame. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Mr. Jay Logan from San Francisco. Hi, Jay. How are you today? I am doing wonderful, Gail. I'm out here in uh, unsunny San Francisco. Uh, we have a lot of rain going on, so I guess it's the October months are coming, and we're getting set for our our rainy season. I know what you mean. <laughs> yep, but uh, other than that, everything is uh, nice and clean, and San Francisco, as you know, and we're we're ready and prepping for this. And be careful out there, all you San Francisco uh, alumni out there driving today, because the world is slick, and we're just getting ready, and we want you guys to be. Very careful driving. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, Jay, um, you know, it's been very crazy here in New York. You know, uh, Listen Given Savoy has been at the United Nations. We've been, you know, at the Clinton Global Initiatives in the evenings talking with people. And it's been a very crazy week for us both, you know, in addition to, you know, tour schedules that you're getting ready to go on. So, you know, we are just so happy that we still get to be with our audience here. And we get to share so much, you know. Can you let's go into some of the news for this week, Jay? You know, what do you want to start off with? What bit of news have you gotten that's really good for us? Well, we're going to start off with the academic skills on the web, and they've done they've done some research and they found out, and it's, it's kind of a some new research led by Donald J. Lou at the University of Connecticut, and the, what they found out, Gail, is um, we are tied to income levels. Um, so, you know, if, if your kid or if your family is not making enough uh, money, uh, a lot of times they don't have the skills to uh, get educated on the web. And so they found this out. So it's, there's definitely a gap here, and um, hopefully, you know, we can figure this out. Um, um, if, you know, if you have a better uh, economical family, yeah, you you learn better. You'll be able to use the internet better. You'll be able to use, you know, sure, all the kids know how to use Instagram and Facebook, but you know, in, in some of the schools, it tends it tends to have high poverty and um, low scoring. Um, they have a and, and, and the curriculum focus focus intensely on those skills. Most of the kids aren't able to get around the web. Um, some of the school teachers are working with students to, to develop, you know, their abilities online. Because a lot of the kids are just unable to really, really do a good job on the web. Um, many states and districts are scrambling to put in place you know, more rigorous, I guess, more rigorous academic standards, you know. Um, but it's really true. Uh, if you're not in a higher income bracket, uh, you're not web savvy. So we hope hopefully the school systems will uh, get to the bottom of this, and they'll be able to work it out with some of the younger kids so they can get these Internet and, and um, comprehensive skills so they can get around the web a little better. And, you know, because, you know, we live in an Internet world now, and you have to 
be able to get around the web. Wow. You know, um, I, we have uh, Carrie Flamia on. I just wanted to bring attention to a very interesting article. Um, this is, you know, this is really, um, I cannot believe this, but the headline says, a Penae nurse in Australia to be deported just because her son is autistic. So this is a Filipino woman who is a nurse and has received a letter from the Department of Integration and Border Protection rejecting her visa application because her son is autistic. Can you believe that in these days and times? Someone's son is autistic and they're being discriminated against because they are autistic. That is just unbelievable. We want to thank uh, a great supporter of Savoy and Listen and Give, um, you know, Emma Agal for that uh, article from Kick Your Daily News. That is unbelievable. Um, sorry, that just really hit me. She's a mother, and her son is autistic as though she could help that, and rather than supporting, you know what I mean? Wow. Right. You know, that's, so that's very, we, that's, that's terrible. I wanted to get to this great story, Gail, because this, this story is uh, it's about the bendable Ben date. I, I know you're familiar with Ben Gates. Well, before, before we go yeah. on, Jay, we have our guests waiting for us. So if, okay, if it's okay you. with you, we'll go to those. I mean, because I know we've got some good stuff. So I am really excited to introduce this next guest. She has been working with us at Listen Give and giving her time and her effort, you know, when she has so many things, so many hats that she has to wear, you know, working with Emmanuel Jaw. But we want to talk to Carrie Flamia because she is just an amazing woman who has so much that she's created for herself in her own life and just an extraordinary young woman, Jay. She not only has to balance the hat of what she has to do at work, you know, that she has to balance the, the things that she's doing personally that she believes in. And we want to learn more about this young lady and how she balances and how other people who want to get into the entertainment industry or want to be a social entrepreneur can learn her track because it's not the easiest thing that you think. So, Jay, are you, are you ready? Without further ado, we get to bring on Carrie Flamia from Toronto. Yes, I'm ready, Jill. Let's bring her on. That's wonderful. Carrie, it's so great to have you. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. This is great. Well, it's great for us. Oh, no problem. You know, Carrie, we want to thank you, first of all, live on air, for all the support you've given, listen, give, and having Emmanuel uh, Jalby on the show. But I think what's more important is the work that you do, all right? And, And having people to understand that, like what it takes, to manage an office where there's so many things going on as well as managing your own interests of things that you're up to as well. Would you be willing to share that with our audience? Yeah, yeah, I can I can do that. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jay is going to have a couple of questions for you, and, and we are, and we just ask that the questions we ask, that you tailor your answers to those questions so that we don't let all the good stuff out all at one time. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so Carrie, I'm going to just start off with, you know, you are this young woman who sits in an office and has to, not just sits, but you're all over the place traveling from place to place and so forth. What is it like? What is it like in the day of Carrie Flamia when she goes into work and what time does she have to leave? Can you just share with our audience what you do and, like, what time you start work and what time you end work on a general day? Oh, my my normal day. Um, so, as you can imagine, you know, I I work with Emmanuel Jal, and um, he has a record label in Toronto. So I manage his uh, record label, um, and as well as um, am his assistant. So um, my normal day, you know, wake up early in the morning, six thirty in the morning. Um, and I usually basically get ready, but as well as, you know, check my emails because um, there's things that, you know, I, I feel like now in, with the technology, you know, you're always um, checking your emails um, and uh, things are always coming up. So um, that's basically what I do, you know. So my work basically starts bright and early um, as I wake up and, um 
you know, on my way to work, on my email, um, and then at the office, um, when I get to the office, it's um, a lot of, you know, things that, that are happening, you know, Emmanuel is always on tour, and uh, so I, I set up, you know, his tour along with the team um, that we have here, and, um, you know, there's always interviews, uh, you know, a lot of media requests, and uh uh, social media that that I um, help manage as well, and um, contracts to go through and things like that. Um, so it's always it's a lot of admin work and a lot of um, you know um, corresponding with uh, different people, um, and that basically is my day. <laughs> um, and apart from you know sometimes I I do travel with Emmanuel, um, mostly not. Um, he has his own personal manager that uh, handles the, the traveling, but I've traveled with him here and there, um, you know, in Edmonton and uh, Calgary and a bit in the U.S. as well. But um, So that takes that takes a, a lot of uh, energy as well. Um, but, um, well, what is it like, uh, Carrie, like, like on a typical day, we know that you get up at 6, like what time does your typical day end, like at 5 o'clock or... <laughs> I was just going to get to that. My typical day ends, uh, quite honestly, it ends, you know, midnight. <laughs> um, because wow. I'm always, um, yeah, I mean, it's always, uh, you're always on the go. There's always things that come up. Um, you know, I always say I'm, I'm always on the clock. <laughs> I'm always, um, you know, uh, doing something. If it's not, e- you know, email or um you know, promoting like right now, we're promoting his uh, his tour, which he's doing um, in Canada and then later in the UK. So the, you know, I'm basically uh, managing uh, the tour um, in Canada, and he's doing Toronto uh, on October 9 for his uh, album release. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of, you know, going out there and giving out flyers and, and talking to different people that can help give out flyers and selling tickets and things like that. So, you know, um, my day is consists of me being in the office, but also being out there and, and promoting and um, spreading the word as much as I can. Wow. <laughs> Something I'm working well, on Jay- right now. Sure. <laughs> Wow, and in fact, I know Jay has some questions for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, Carrie. I, I just wonder, you know, for those of our audience out there that would love to acquire such a wonderful manager like you, how does one acquire a, a manager? Could you talk a little bit about that and give us some uh, insight on how one, how does one go about getting somebody like you if we were in search of some management? Um, you mean as far as you know, an artist looking for a manager, or um, yes, it's like an artist yeah. who's here in our show right now. How would they be lucky enough to find someone as good as you? You know, how how, how could I get like someone like you to be a manager for people who are listening to our show? What would they What would they have to do? Um, that's a tough question. I mean, you know. I I speak to a lot of different artists that are looking for a manager, and I think that's one of the toughest things for an artist is to find a manager because, you know, the manager and the artist, it's almost like it's almost like a partnership, like a relationship kind of, um, where, you know, they have to really get each other and, you know, the the manager has to really believe in what the artist is doing, you know, with music, with, you know, their message, you know, everything about the artist. So that's really a tough thing. And I find a lot of artists have difficulty in finding a, such a manager that, that can really push them out. So I think a lot of times it happens through um, connections, you know, um, Maybe you're at an event, and I and I really think an artist has to put themselves out there, you know, um, to go to different events and meet different people and and just network. It's all about networking now, so um, I think that's probably the best way. And it's not easy; it's just a process, you know. And it's something that an artist has to really put themselves out there and share their their music and 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 the artist 
I think the artist has to do a lot of work, you know, um, mm-hmm. personally to get themselves out there and to, you know, to say, um, this is who I am and, and, you know, promote yourself. You know, you have to promote yourself first, like, first of all, you know. Um, and, you know, and then the manager will come, you know, um, through meeting different people, I think. I think that's so the you, So, Carrie, basically the artist has to have something to offer. You can't just say, oh, I want a manager, please take me. You, you, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't just come at, it doesn't come to you. You really have to work for it and put yourself out there, you know, Um I, for me, I, I, I can tell you how I got my position, um, if if you'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, we, that's one of the things, you know, Carrie, that's that one? one of the things we would like to know because, you know, our audiences, again, think it's so easy, just like you said, and, you know, you hear so many people say, I want to get into entertainment. You know, they don't, what, what I want to share with our audience is, she is not only the management for his record label, she is a management for his record label and an assistant for him as well, and you're handling his humanitarian efforts, you're handling, you know, his music efforts. We want people to really gain an understanding of, you know, the hard work that it takes to be in your position. So, you know, before we get too much into that and give them away too much, we do want to know how you got your position. Okay. Well, um, you know, it was actually really something that just came came to me and I you know now with social media you get to learn about different things and different people and things that are coming up so I heard about this event um, in Toronto it, it was a peace rally that was going on and um, you know Emmanuel Jal he's a peace activist and he was um, spreading uh, the word about what's going on in his country of South Sudan um, at the time, you know, they had just gained their independence. This was um, just over two years ago that um, he was doing this peace rally. So, you know, I thought, oh, this is good. And I, you know, looked into it more and I thought, wow, this is, you know, this is something I want to wanna do because, you know, at the time I was think I wanted to get more into activism and, um, you know, with women's rights and, you know, child soldiers and things like that. So, um I went to this peace rally um, at Queens Park in uh, in Toronto, and I and Emmanuel was there, and I I met him, and then you know I really sort of put myself out there and and said you know do you need help you know because he was just settling in Toronto at the time, so I you know I I thought do you do you need a volunteer like do you need anything i can help promote i can you know and i think he he saw you know um that i had the heart for it and that i had you know the dedication and um you know because when it's something that's um that really i feel that you know in any job if it's something that touches your heart <laughs> and you you believe in you'll go that extra mile and you'll really work hard for it, for any kind of position, you know, and especially something like this, you know, um, where it's it's uh, such a good cause and Emmanuel's got such a good message um, of peace and, and just spreading, you know, spreading peace around the world. So I thought um, I'd want to get really involved in this. And then um, I volunteered for a, a while, a long time, and then um, eventually I was able to, to get a position within the label, and, and, and now I, I'm, I'm managing the label. So, you know, it's a, it's a process. Um, it takes hard work, and um, it's, it, it doesn't just come to you. But, but if you, I feel that if you put yourself in certain um, situations where you go to different events, like I was saying, you know, if you go to different events and you meet different people and, and you really put yourself out there, then the pos- the possibilities are, are endless, you know. So, Jay, if I could just jump in with uh, Carrie yeah. for a minute, is that okay, and ask her the next question, Jay? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Carrie, I want to ask you this. Do you feel, and this is, I know that we've spoken about, it, you know, what Emmanuel does, but we want to really get a more inside view of you, you know, personally. Do you feel personally that what you're doing, do you feel anyone, you know, any age? Because, you know, you're, you're a young person, you know what I mean? 
do you feel anyone any age, like someone who, you know, maybe in their even their late thirties or their forties, okay, would be able to if they really had the desire, you know, it was really their passion. Do you think from what you have seen in this industry thus far and, you know, managing the label, do you think that someone any age could still do it, Carrie? I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in my early 30s now, so, you know, I, I guess I'm getting uh, to an older age, but, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think anyone can do it if you, if you have the heart for it and, and, and that's your passion, definitely, yeah, yeah, I think. Okay. I think we, were just, we were just wondering if you thought that anyone, you know, at any stage can do it because, know, um, it, it really is a lot of people think, oh, it's so easy. It, and so one of the important things you said was that you volunteered for a long time. Can you share with our audience how long it was between the time you volunteered to the time you actually got uh, a position in the label itself? Um, okay, well, I mean, I've been working with Emmanuel for two years, and within those two years I was volunteering for a good six months. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Um, so you so you do believe you do, so you do believe that it's important that people show that they are passionate and that this is what you know that they can do the job. Do you think that that is a criteria, or do you think it's just really? What? Yeah, just tell us your thoughts on that. I think I think it's it is really about um, yes that you can do the job, and I think it's a lot. It has to do with dedication too, you know, and it's not just about having, you know, certain skills or, you know, getting. I mean, education is really important, but I think also having um, that dedication and and believing in in that cause and what you're you're getting involved with, you know, because it's good to have, you know, the skills um, and and. And to get you know to get a good job, but it's also are you happy in that job? Um, are you is it fulfilling to you? Is it meaningful to you? Right. Um, so I think that's what's most, for me at least that's what's most important is um, you know that I believe in what I'm doing. So yeah. Great. Well, Jay, I know you, I interrupted your question, Mr. Logan. I'm very sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Karen, okay, this is this is a question from um, I'm I'm a musician also, and and okay. and this is coming from you know us as musicians and all our musicians out there. We get very personal, you know. We're very personal human beings. A lot of times we can't separate ourselves as human beings and as a product. So my question to you is: Do you think many industry professionals prefer to speak to managers instead of directly to the artists? And could you uh, talk a little bit about that? Um, sorry, can you repeat that? I'm sorry about that. Uh, the question is, do you think industry professionals prefer to speak to a manager instead of directly to the artist? I think I think industry professionals they they prefer speaking to the artist. <laughs> themselves yeah i think so um although you know sometimes it's kind of hard to get directly to the artist um so you have to go through the manager but but it's always it's always nice to to speak to the artists themselves um you you get more of that personal um it's always nice to have that personal thing with the artist themselves but um you know and i in my I, in my, um, you know, in, in my experience, um, when people, if I get um, contact with people, I, you know, Emmanuel is always open to, to being in contact with industry people as well. So it's not just like, oh, you have to talk to me first. You know, um, a lot of people just approach Emmanuel right away, and then maybe he'll pass it on to me so that I can handle the the more business side of things. Um, but I think it's you know especially in this day and age um you know with social media the artist is even more accessible so um mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's good to to for the artist to be able to um speak to their fans or speak to you know industry people and 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 have that real connection you know 
Wow. You know, um, Jay, I just want to ask uh, Carrie this. You know, Carrie, you said something important about managing his social media, okay, as one of your your tasks. Now, this is a a very interesting question as far as being behind the scenes and managing a label, okay? Does Emmanuel operate his own social media or do you? Um, You know, it's actually um, a mix of both he 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 does um do his own social media most of the time um but you know when when you're on the road and and things are going on um there's uh you know there's always someone uh backing things up and and doing that so it's you know it's usually me or his manager that that do but he he does mostly his social media what is it like for you what is that like for you having to do his social media and be him? You know, like, you know, you have to know what he would say or, or what how he would respond, you know, especially like on a Twitter where they really give artists and celebrities a hard time. For you personally to be able to manage that side of things, what is that like for you? Um, like, I don't actually, um, you know, uh, do the the more personal, like, if he gets personal um, Facebook messages or, or Twitter messages, then he, he always handles that himself. But as far as updating um, posts and things like that, um, you know, uh, we do that because it's, it's more like, you know, if you're putting up, you know, one of his articles, or um, promoting his album, things like that, that, you know, we can handle, then we'll do it. Um, But other things that are more personal with social media, then he he does that himself. Okay. Jay, I know you had two questions for her as well. (laughs) Yeah, this is a a quick, so you can do a quick summary. I would like to do a quick summary. What is a day like for Carrie as a manager in an eight-hour block? Like you get you get up in the morning, you have your coffee, and then you you know just you don't have to be in detail. Just give the audience something. Just what it feels like to be a manager throughout an eight-hour block and the work that you do all day. Right. So uh, you know, I I'm, I think I mentioned before what my day is like, but um, you know, I I don't have like a eight-hour <laughs> work day. Um, it's more of a you know. 12, 16-hour work. Um, yeah, because, you know, you wake up and there's emails that have come through and, you know, there's um, things that need to be done. So, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up, I check my phone because I know I've missed emails from, you know, the night before. So, you know, I do that while I'm getting ready for work and then head on to the office I do my, you know, my shift, which is, you know, technically eight hours, um, but I always stay, you know, longer than that, and I always do things, um, you know, I always work overtime, and, and you know, I, I just... Um, well, my, I think, Carrie, what he's asking, I think what he's asking, like, is, so we know you get up to do your email, but, like, when you get into the office, like, what is hitting you? Are you going, are, how do you handle your interviews for him? You know, like, what is Carrie doing? What is it like? For, is it, we want people to have an idea of what it's like to, like, be in your experience. You know what I mean? What are you thinking when you're on the phone and, you know, I've got to go handle this, I've got to go handle that. So we mean more like that. What would it look what? like for people to, to be, like, sitting in that seat with you and just being you? Right. Um I mean, for me, it's it's a lot of work. Um, you know, it's always you're always on the go. Uh, there's you're not. Sometimes you know, it's like you're not really you're not thinking about oh, I gotta take my lunch break and things like that. It's really, you know, you're always answering emails or there's always a phone call or you know, I gotta look at this contract or you know, I gotta set up this interview. Um, so you know, it's you're always on the go, and um, but it, it's it's you know as much as it's so busy, it's something that um, I'm passionate about. So I just feel like if you're passionate about it, you'll you'll go the extra mile, you know, to to get things done. So yeah, that's my day, but it's. Um, it's really re- rewarding, I think, in the end. You know, especially with things that are going on now. Um, 
you know, Emmanuel's, uh, now he's got a new movie out and um, it's called The Good Lie. And now he's got his new album out called The Key. And, you know, it's, and now we're doing his tour. Um, so there's always things going on and, and it's it's actually really exciting. Um, wow. Going on. Oh, this yeah. is our last two questions. Out of the work that you do, okay, Carrie, what is what do you what is what have you really learned out of your experience? Not about you know we know Manuel's amazing, but we what we want our audience to find out from you personally is what have you what are your takeaways from the work you've done? What have you learned? Give us two things that you have truly learned in your work in managing a career, his humanitarian efforts, his nonprofit, his his film. I mean, you're managing several areas in that office. What have you learned specifically that you can say you'll take with you for the rest of your life? Um, you know, I learned that, um, you know, hard work really pays off. Um, you know, sometimes, it, you know, you feel like, oh, if I could just get that job or if I could just do this. and But, you know, really working hard, that's something that, that – is priceless, you know, um, and eventually you'll get your dream job and you'll 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 be happy and you know that's something that I that hard work is really important. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, truly believing in in the cause. That is something that that you need, um, you know, to say okay, this is what I want to do, and, and to truly believe in that cause and to know that that's what you want to do with your life, you know. Um, for me, I'm happy with with, uh, with what I'm doing, you know. Um, you know, Emmanuel has a great message, and and I'm just, you know, I'm in the in the in the back scenes doing, you know, kind of pushing things out for him and and that's what's important you know a lot of times people in in the in the back scenes they're not really they're not seen at all right um so but but that's not the point <laughs> you know the point is the the message and and the cause right so that's that's what i've learned thank you so much and um, jan you had one last question for carrie Yes, I have, I have one last question, Sherry. Oh, now, you you manage, and I wonder, do you go to a lot of trade and convention shows, and when you go there, do you pick these things to go to for Emmanuel? Do you do a lot of traveling as being a manager? Do you have to go to these different conventions and trade shows? Um, I don't I don't do much of that. Um, you know, Emmanuel has, you know, his agent and um, people that, that look for, you know, different different shows for him but I do go to you know different events around the city that are happening you know and I try to connect as much as I can with different people that you know and basically looking for you know networking connections um, you know and see if they possibly you know different organizations um, that we can partner with um, you know we always um, you know for an example, we're, we've partnered, you know, with Amnesty before, so I'm in connection with them, and they're great supporters of Emmanuel and his work. So, you know, just being involved um, with different organizations and, and different um, promoters and, you know, different people. Um, so I do that as much as I can in different events that are happening around the city. Yeah. Wow. Well, Carrie, we thank you so much for your time. And um, is there what is the last word that you would give someone who wants to step into your shoes? What is the last one piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, one piece of advice, I would say, um, you know, um, I think a lot of times, um, you know, it's not it's not about. I'm going to say it's not about you know, um, you know getting that high position and, and, you know, making money and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think, you know, if you're, if you want to be in this kind of management position, um, and, and, you know, manage an artist and you're, you're really, it's all about being humble 
um, and and really saying, okay, this this is about you know the artist and the cause and and what are you associating yourself with? Um, you know, for me, I'm associating myself with someone who's you know a peace activist and someone whose music has a great message of peace. So you know, um, at the end of the day, it's really about what do you believe in and what what do you want to push out and you know because it i feel that you know the position you have will say something about you as a person so um for me it's it's about the cause and and the the message and that's what i believe in I thank you so much, Carrie, for sharing with our audience. And it's, it's actually very exciting for us to have you on the show, Jay, and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you Thanks, so much. Carrie. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> okay. And, Carrie, we'll be in touch. And as you know, we're going to be supporting, you know, you and Emmanuel with the nonprofit organizations that you have. And um, we'll be, you know, we, we're all connected here with the U.N., so... I'm just excited and excited that you got to share this with us. We've had so many people carry out that. What is it like to and be yeah. behind the scenes? <laughs> Go ahead. And yeah, what was that movie again that we're so excited that the man has coming out? Where, where can we see this thing? Because I'm so excited about this new movie. I, I, um, I am had. too. So why don't, we, why don't we let Carrie share it? Because she's <laughs> the person who's managing this. So Carrie, why don't you share with us what the movie is so that people can go see it? Yeah, so the movie is called The Good Lie, and um, it stars uh, Emmanuel with uh, Reese Witherspoon um, and uh, other South Sudanese um, actors. So the movie is basically based, um, you know, on the the civil war in uh, Sudan, and um, it the storyline is about um, four uh, refugees which uh you know win a ticket to to go to the US um and uh they you know it's about their journey to the US and um you know living in a whole new different country and and getting um you know getting a job and and Reese Witherspoon uh plays uh you know someone that helps them to get a job and um so that's the storyline and you know it's um it premiered at uh, TIFF um, in Toronto, the Toronto International Film Festival, and and now they're they're on tour now, um, doing screenings across the U.S. So the movie is officially out on October third in theaters. So I would highly recommend it for anyone to to go and see it. Um, it's a uh, you know it's it talks about true true events and um, uh, and it's something that's happening now you know um there's war in south sudan now again and which is really sad so it it just brings a spotlight to to what's going on um well thank you thank you so much for sharing that and uh we look forward to it and we'd love for you to come back on maybe later in the year or next year and just share the, the experience you've had after this so that our audience will know would you care to do that with us later in the year or early oh, next year Definitely, that would be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, audience, we thank you, and Carrie, have an amazing day. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you, yeah. everyone. Bye-bye. 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 Now, Jay, we've had our other guests waiting, and we apologize to her. We're having Corinne Cashin come in. I love this woman as well. This woman is amazing. She's at Brooklyn College going for her master's, okay? And she's dealing with, again, Woo! what our young, our young people are dealing with, you know, going to school, having a degree. She's also very good with managing behind the scenes. She's uh, dealing with a play that's coming in, and it's going to be out sometime in the spring, and she's supporting that from behind the scenes. And we really don't know the hard work that goes into this. She's also at Brooklyn College itself supporting the revenue department behind the scenes. It's, again, these amazing young people who are making a difference. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Corinne Cashin, who works with Brooklyn College and is in the midst of creating uh, with others a play, and she's working behind the scenes to support it. So let's welcome Corinne. Corinne, how are you? Um, good afternoon. How are you? 
We are excited to have you, and please do bear with us in apologies because we've had serious technological difficulties. Corinne, would you meet Jay, who's based in San Francisco in Oakland? Jay, please say hello to Corinne. Hello, Corinne. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm fine. It's wonderful to have you on our show today. Thank Looking you. <laughs> well, Corinne, you know, we wanted to get right into this because we know that you're, you're time sensitive. You know, Corinne, one of the things of going to school, okay, that a lot of people don't realize is how hard it is to finish your education. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. we just we want you to share with us, like, you know, here it is, you're going to school, you've got your four-year degree, I believe, and you're going, you know, you're looking to finish your master's. What were your options when you were looking to go in to finishing your master's? What did you find? What Did you find school hard? Did you find it, you know, hard to identify school you wanted in a way that you could afford it? You know, tell us what your journey has been like in order to have that happen, to go for your master's degree and to see the different ways in which you'd be able to fund that. Absolutely. Okay, so to start a little from the beginning, my name is actually Corrine Cashin, um, just so my mom won't say anything. Um, second thing <laughs> is I actually took a job at Brooklyn College in order because there's programs that will enable you to not have to pay the full cost if you're working at an institution. When I was making my decision to go back to college, I had been told by my employer after a year I could go back to school and they would pay for two classes a semester. When the year was up and I received my evaluation and I applied, they said, oh, it's at our discretion, and we decided not to. So I reached out to my contacts at Brooklyn College because I had volunteered there as a teenager and said, I need to come back to graduate school. Brooklyn College is on my list. I need a job. <laughs> and they brought me here, and I started working um, with the students on campus um, part-time. I left a full-time job for a part-time position um, to get started. Once I came in, I was able to work my way up to full-time, and I was able to get waivers for classes while I applied and was accepted. Um, for me, going to grad school was incredibly important. Um, it's been a longer path than I had wanted it to be. I've had to pick up and put down my dream more than once, but the only math that really matters is that one more time. Um, I've loved my program um, so much. I'm in the Industrial Organizational Psychology Program which is all about change management and continuous improvement. And you look at the world and see how it can be better. So for me, there really was no other, um, there was really no other program that matched what was in my heart. My undergraduate degree is a combination of finance and socially responsible entrepreneurship. The second degree is attract to, which means it's self-created. I found in my business school, um, while heart was an option, I didn't find it to be the primary purpose. So they enabled me to create my own degree that supported my vision on social entrepreneurship. I was able to have both in my program at Brooklyn College. So, yes, I definitely love the program. And for people that have never heard about it, it really is the humans behind the business. And I love the work. Wow. Well, Jay, I know that you have some questions for her as well. Yes. I, I wanted to know, like, um, when you were a kid, before you, what made you decide to get inspired to even get a master's? I mean, how did you even get that mindset? Because, you know, most, uh, I don't know if you, uh, most children, you know, they, they tend to not want to go continue school. I just want to know, like, your upbringing, like, how did you get inspired to go to college before you even got there? Well, absolutely. Um, my mother went back to college, went to college. She started college when I was old enough to remember. I was in junior high at the time. And she told, she reminded me when I was a little girl that I used to threaten away to run away and go to college. Uh, I never wanted to join the circus. I loved books from the time I was a very small child. Um, and it was very important to me to always be surrounded by learning. Uh, I had been visiting Brooklyn College since I was at Midwood High School directly across the street in high school. And I attended programs and I got to go to classes and to talk and to think and to learn and to experience. College is not just about um, getting the degree. You're going to meet people from all over the world. You're going to hear about what people believe in. You're going to hear about what inspires them. This is not something we walk away from. Education 
is so important for democracy and humanity and understanding. And I think too often we're so busy looking for the right answer, we forget to understand. And that's a real shame. And I think probably one of the biggest causes of the conflict in the world. Did you, wow. did you attend an open? Did you, I was wondering. Did you attend an open house before you 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 um, applied for your um, school? Did you uh, go there and, or did you just you live for, across the street? Of course. For, for undergraduate or for graduate? Uh, both. For undergraduate, I, I, interestingly enough, for undergraduate, I did not, and I highly recommend everyone does. I went to school in a village called Alfred, New York. Um, the college is called mm-hmm. Alfred University. It had one traffic light, and they had never <laughs> seen anyone that looked like me before. Um, wow. And blessed them because they told me. Um, I had amazing professors that believed in me and encouraged me, but coming from Brooklyn, New York, where diversity is what we are known for, it was quite a culture shock. I was closer to Canada than to Brooklyn, even though I was still in New York State. And there wasn't a lot of understanding I found from, you know, locals, but I was able to find compassion with my professors. And I think that made the biggest difference for me. Um, And, you know, just that cultural understanding um, so I did not go to an open house because I worked two jobs and I couldn't afford okay. to take off to attend. So I would highly encourage everyone listening, if they have kids, put a little money aside for that. Um, as much as I loved my education, had I visited, I might have reconsidered. I might have stayed more local. I re- very much encourage people, um, students, to go to colleges that support where they're going to get jobs. There are not a tremendous amount of jobs if you don't want to stay in Alfred and you want to go somewhere else. They have alumni everywhere, but it's not the same network. Nobody is going to Alfred from Manhattan for to look for students to employ. So you will have to move a lot faster. And I don't think you're fully prepared for that when you're 17 and filling out those applications, especially if really mm-hmm. no one's come before you. Um, my mother used to take me to class with her, night school. So I had a very different introduction to college and a very different experience. Um, for graduate school, I had already been visiting Brooklyn College. I had already known. I have relationships on this campus that I had since I was 19 years old. I've been able to walk into offices and apply for scholarships and ask for help because I volunteered on the campus before I was even a student. People knew who I was mm-hmm. and they wanted to help me. So well, you, know, you we have, have to put yourself quite- out there. We have this question for you then. You know, Jay, I was wondering, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Corinne say this. One of the things is, you know, Jay knows of kids, I know of kids, we have kids in our family that are very close to us. And some of them really, Corinne, want to go outside, the, you know, outside their network. They want to go to other colleges in other states, right? And these are kids who have excellent, you know, they have grade point averages that you give them automatic scholarships, okay? One of the right. things that I often advise kids is to, when I say kids, you know, we're we're not old Young here, adults. but you know, yes, mm-hmm. I advise them to actually connect with the college. I even say to them, go to the head of the college, share mm-hmm. with the uh, share with the head of the college what you're up to, okay, right. and what it is that you want to create. Write an essay or do something so that they know who you are because they're not out looking for them. Do you think that's a great direction if someone is in another state? Start to connect with the, uh, uh, some of the professors or, or or what have you while they are, you know, currently in high school. Absolutely. Um, Gail, again, my name's Corrine Cashin. Oh, I'm so um, Corrine. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Um, absolutely. Whether they're local or they're away, it's still a new world and they should absolutely start building their resources immediately. If they want to leave their current existing network, they need to find out, well, where are they going to be? Because you don't realize what you need until it's not there. So the more preparation they can have in advance, the greater their chance of success. And there are studies and statistics that do explain, you know, when people are uprooted, that first semester is, is very hard, that second semester semester is and that grade for an average is forever so they need to be mindful and they need to go in prepared unfortunately when they're first generation they don't have someone they can turn around and talk to so it's critically important i had no one in my family that i could go to and say what was it like when you were in business school what was finance class like there was no one so i had to go see my professors and seek out mentors and people that thought i was worth the effort 
that happened by volunteering, making myself visible, asking a lot of questions. And if you don't have that inside you, you will struggle. Many people that look like me did not make it because they did not reach out and connect. You should not be doing this in isolation. It's a critical mistake in my mind. Okay. Well, um, Jace, do you have any more questions for Kareem? Yes, I, I do have a, a question, and I was wondering, your experience at Brooklyn College, uh, could you talk a little bit about campus, uh, the community, and the safety services that they have there? And is it, is it a safe environment? Like if my daughter or if Gail's uh, niece wanted to go there, what could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, in terms of the social atmosphere, um, there are hundreds of clubs on this campus, um, lots of entrepreneurial opportunities. And if you were, you're not just at Brooklyn College, you're in CUNY. And there's over 20 CUNY institutions throughout all of New York City. I've attended workshops on entrepreneurship in Medgar Evers at Baruch. I, my team, we were finalists in the IBM competition um, just two years ago. Um, we were part of the Smart Pitch Challenge. Um, IBM actually gave us a grant money for to help fund um, cash-in. There's a lot of opportunity here. In terms of safety, there is campus security on all of the campuses. Um, not completely sure what you're asking me about. Um, they have shuttle vans. If you're going to be here on campus late at night, that will take you, you know, to the train station directly. I've been in those. Um, you know, there's policies and resources in place. They don't substitute for, you know, basic common sense. Um, <laughs> in terms of, you know, it, just, it is what it is. You know, um, you can't close your eyes. But our okay. campuses, our campus is incredibly safe. They do, uh, I remember when I was um, just starting my graduate program and there was an incident where cell phones were being stolen um, from people, and they would, and they actually sent out an email saying, if you need to make your call, please do it inside the building. You know, don't stand directly outside at night in the winter, you know, where you could get approached. Um, no one's going to come into the building and take your phone out of your hand if you're standing near a security guard. So there are things like that um, to be mindful of. I so would say for me... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, so Kareem, if I was uh, living in Iowa and my 17-year-old daughter wanted to attend Brooklyn College, would say pretty much I'll, she will be in good hands? I don't know her. Um, I would always <laughs> say to keep your eyes open. I feel safer mm -hmm. in Brooklyn than in Iowa, but I have a Brooklyn accent, so it's a different conversation. Um, I, I mean, I've been to the Midwest, and I feel much safer surrounded by people than, you know, out in the open. I would say that your child should come and meet the people in the program that she wants to attend. She should find out where she's going to be living. If she wants to live, you know, there's campus housing. But there's also, you know, um, people that rent out their home. You know, I know a lot of students that live, they're senior citizens. Their, their children have moved out. Their grandkids don't need it. They just want company. So they rent out their homes at a very affordable rate. And there's dorms at Baruch, too. So I would say the most important thing is to be an informed consumer and to treat your education like a business when you – when you come here, don't wait for people to hand you things as much as saying, I need to know where I'm going to get food. I need to know where I'm going to sleep at night. And be proactive. There's a student affairs office. There's a career development center. If you're, and I would also ask, where are your alumni? You know, that's something I okay. learned in my undergraduate okay. school. If she mm -hmm. wants to come to New York City to work, then it makes sense to, you know, to get an education where she can go intern and try companies out. You know, where can she get her skills? That's what I would be looking right. at. Where are you going to work when you have to kind of start with the end in mind in a lot of these cases? Um, I think too many times people get caught up in, you know, maybe New York City is so glamorous, but it's a lot of hard work too, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, it's to be mindful. I think when the day mm -hmm. is done, you have to know what you're going for. You know, you just don't leave Iowa and come to New York City because it's New York City. Do you want to work here? you know, and meet your professors and meet your department because you're going to have relationships. I still talk to my undergraduate professors over 10 years later. These people write my recommendations. They know me. These are the relationships you want to foster because you'll have them forever. Right. Karina, are you planning on continuing uh, your education, your PhD, or are you going to, are you going to continue? Or are you you're happy where you're at Actually, now? 
Well, I don't know. Um, I am happy. I do like my life right now. Um, I love school. I have debated going um pursue my JD PhD. I used to intern. Again, interning, volunteering, um, for a judge at the Brooklyn Supreme Court. I've always loved it. Apparently I used to threaten to sue everybody as a child. Um, it was very you know, I just I'm very active. Um one thing Gail's aware of is I teach children about wealth building. Um finance I'm a financial literacy educator in addition to working at the college and completing my graduate degree. And there's a lot of issues surrounding justice that are very close to my heart in the re- in the reality of our youth and money. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on for a while that's not just immoral, but really needs to be made illegal. So this is something that's very close to my heart and I'd like to see develop. And amazing. sometimes when you need to see something done, you need to do it yourself. That's amazing. It's wonderful and to know someone like you, yeah. Well, what we're doing now, the play that she's mentioning, we're actually doing, um, it's a fundraiser for Cash, and I'm the CEO and founder. And my partner in the event, her name is Gabriela Massa, she's an actress and a linguist, and she's part of a theater company. And we were given the play by Scott Sickles. Mm -hmm. He is an Emmy Award-winning playwright that's also part of her theater company. And one thing that kids should have in mind is how important it is to climb in your field. He generously donated one of his plays so that we could have a performance to raise funds to support both of our, you know, continuing the work that's important to us. This is an amazing gift that we've been given, and that's the event she's talking about. You know, we're producing a play. Neither one of us has ever done it before, but we're seeing this through because it's, I mean, it's going to help support our dreams. And this is also the importance of community. You know, you can't just go up to somebody that's won an Emmy and a play, and say, hey, can you give us your play so we can, you know, raise some funds for it? Like, this is not an right. everyday conversation. Um, but we have been extreme. we're extremely grateful and blessed, and other individuals that are donating their talents so we can really rise, because that's really how you do it. You know, it's uh, really done in community. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love teaching kids about wealth. We thank you so much, Corinne for taking your time to be with us today. And we want to know, yeah. you know, you have so much to <laughs> offer that we don't feel that we got it in enough time. So like we That's asked right. Carrie, would you, I know, Jay, I'm like, these two women, it's, it's un, a, a, amazing. We would love to know if yeah. you would come back and be with us at a time that will work for you and that we can just give more knowledge out. Would you be willing to do that for another time? Oh, I would, no, I would love to come back um, and speak with you. You know, financial literacy is my passion. Uh, Wealth building among our youth really is the closest thing to happiness in my heart. I would love to talk with you more about it. Um, And absolutely, you know, as we're doing this um, production for the play, it's going to be a good time. (laughs) You know, good food, beautiful people doing what they do best. Why not? Yeah, that would be great because I think there's so much, and we deal very as you know, with youth and education, Kareem. So uh, yes. it would be real. It would be really great to have you, and we're dealing with the UN with that. And so we'd yes, like yes. to possibly talk with you about a partnership with us, you know, in this area that we can talk about offline because this is amazing. No, it would be my honor. It would be my honor. I've gone to the UN since I was eight years old because you know I'm extremely mixed, and I asked my family where where does our family get along, and they said the UN. So I have um, I have been part of the UN in one capacity or another, straight through elementary school to college. So I would definitely yeah. love to be a part of what you're doing. Absolutely. And funny enough, I actually did do some work involving the Sudan that your um, last speaker had mentioned about, and my work was specifically about child soldiers. It's part of what made me committed to the, uh, dealing with the economic causes behind war, because that's really what we're talking about. <laughs> Oh, this and, is unreal. You know, this is great. So we would, we definitely just, would love um, to have you. Yeah, I would love to oh. continue to communicate with you. And my day starts at four forty-five in the morning, and it ends when it ends as, as long as I get about six hours a day, I'm good. So okay. I hope, um, yeah. So I hope what your uh, listeners are hearing is that if you believe in something and you're passionate about something, it'll give you the strength to do the work you have to do. Okay, well, and you'll make it happen. 
and you I heard it from Kareen Cashin. So thank you, everyone. Jay, thank you for being on the show with us, and everyone have a, an amazing day. Be well, and thank you for having me. <laughs>